Hi, everybody. My name is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And welcome back to Your Haunted Holiday. Today's episode is, I gotta say, Lindsay, it's gonna be a little bit strange. It's a weird ride we're getting ready to go on here. Okay. I'm prepared. Yeah. So just to give you, you know, a little bit of a preview of what to expect, we're going to be talking about a bed and breakfast. I love the bed and breakfast stories. There seems to be a lot of history around those. But there's some death, but also a mummy and maybe some black magic involved in this story. So be prepared. This is your haunted holiday at the Stone Lion Inn in Guthrie, Oklahoma. All right, Lindsay. So the Stone Lion Inn, like I said, it's in Guthrie, Oklahoma, which is a very small town. But it's essentially this enormous Victorian mansion that has been restored today and was originally built in 1907. And at the time, it was actually the most expensive house to have been built in Guthrie, Oklahoma. It is 8,000 square feet, which is big um, and it has four floors. The Houghton family was the first family to build this house in 1907 and they were a rather large family. They had 12 children and one of their children, Augusta, became ill with whooping cough and apparently she was given the wrong medicine by her nurse and actually died in the home of whooping cough. Oh no. Yeah, so one death already pretty early on in the history of this home. The next thing to happen to this house is, you know, the Houghton family apparently kind of ran on hard times. They didn't have enough money to maintain the home, that kind of thing. So they sold it and it became a funeral home in the 1920s. And it was known as the Smith funeral home and you know there's not a lot of you know stories about this funeral home at the time but as you could imagine people are being you know dead bodies are being brought there people are being embalmed Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's going on in this funeral home related to death so although I don't have a lot of stories tied to it I think just the fact that it was a funeral home at one point is a significant part of the haunted history of this place. Yeah, very well could be. That's interesting. So also for our listeners, I do not know anything about this particular bed and breakfast. This is all news to me. So you're hearing this along with me first. Yeah. So it became a funeral home and then it did, you know, pass hands and ownership a few times. Um, But most significantly in 1986, it was purchased by its current owner, named Becky Luker and she decided she wanted to renovate this place and she didn't really know anything about the history like she didn't really know it was a funeral home or that this child Augusta had died there she just really wanted to you know turn some fabulous place into a bed and breakfast so she ran across the listing and decided to purchase it and apparently when she bought the house all the the existing furniture had like gone up in some sort of like auction it was probably like an estate sale or you know something like that 
and everything was purchased except for one item was left in the house and that was an embalming table Lindsay. and so obviously this table was used to like embalm dead bodies which is disgusting to think about that this was left there but to this day they still have this embalming table out it's kind of like a quirky thing about the bed and breakfast and they use it almost like a bar where they put refreshments on there yeah, like you can get a soda on the embalming table and like snacks. What? So that is extremely unappetizing. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It is. But this place, it also is really famous for these murder mystery dinners mm. that I'm going to talk about towards the end. So I think it kind of falls in line with that a little bit the murder mystery dinners are very popular and apparently it's actually what kind of like kept this stone lion in in business like they were running out of money they didn't have normal customers you know coming on a regular basis and so they started these murder mystery dinners and it really kind of you know kept it there and it became very popular for those dinners. And I'll talk about the details of that a little bit when we get into the review and like how much it costs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, But I do think it is important to know for the next big piece of history that we're going to talk about. So the other thing that I think could be a good reason why they might keep the embalming table and hey, if I own the place, I would too for the same reason is if they embrace their ghosts. So it's original. Who knows? Maybe spirits are kind of like linked to that. It's I could see why it's a cool thing now. Serve drinks off of it, not so sure, but I get it. Yeah, and I think they kind of embrace their ghosts. Like the haunting stuff, it's not really mentioned on the website a lot, but they have been on some really famous shows revolving around ghosts and ghost hunting. But I don't know, they semi-embrace it. I'll put it that way. Before we get into mummies and black magic, Lindsay, I do want to give a shout out to our fellow podcasters at History Goes Bump Podcast. There's a lot of people that listen to our show and they absolutely love the history portions and the little tidbits of things that they learn. And I think this would be a wonderful podcast for any of our listeners to go check out, especially if you are into the history part. Yeah, I will say that I've listened to their podcast and it falls right in line with the type of stuff that we're doing. It's really well done. So make sure that you all go out and check it out. Yeah, so give a listen. We're going to play a quick promo and then we're going to be right back. Do you like to mix creepy with your history? Hi, I'm Diane, host of the History Ghost Bump podcast, a podcast that is basically a ghost tour for the theater of the mind, featuring the history and hauntings of places that are infamous and many places you probably have never heard of before. Are these places truly haunted? I leave that up to you to decide. Join me if you dare. Check out historyghostbump.com.
All right, and now we're back to our story at the Stone Lion Inn, and where we left off was basically it was purchased and it was renovated to be a bed and breakfast, essentially. Well, as part of that, like I said, they were really popular for their bed and breakfast and their murder mystery parties and dinners that they would throw. So as part of this, there has been rumors, and I'm just going to throw this out there that I don't really believe these rumors. I've only really seen it on one program that I, when I was doing my research, I didn't see like a news article about this. But the rumor essentially is that the owner, Becky Luker, is known for doing black magic and satanic rituals at the nearby Summit View Cemetery to try to conjure a particular spirit or person, I suppose, that is buried there. Now, again, I think this is rumor. And the reason I think this is rumor is because she has, and I'll talk about who this person is in a second, because this person is real that she's trying to conjure, supposedly. But the person that is buried there is part of some of the storylines in the murder mystery theater party and they actually will go to that grave site I guess as part of it if it's that storyline around this guy Mm -hmm. and I really just think like her doing that and taking them to the cemetery probably like you know egged on some of those rumors that she's into witchcraft and stuff you know it's a small town people talk about that maybe she is Although I will say on the show that I saw they were asking her about it, she didn't really like flat out deny it. And I wonder if that's because she wants people to almost think like, oh, yes, we do that here at these murder mystery and this haunted bed and breakfast. I don't know. Right. I mean, right. It's maybe it's maybe it's part of the stick, you know, maybe it's uh... but she so she hasn't denied this like she hasn't come out and said I'm not a devil worshiper. I'm not doing witchcraft. Like, not really that I saw. I felt like she was almost like playing into it a little bit. Like, she didn't admit it, but she like kind of mysteriously, like, there's rumors out there that say I do that. That was like her answer. So, let me just say this based on what you just described (laughs) in this Becky woman who is apparently she's still alive, right? She's still doing these murder mysteries. I think so, yes. Okay. We need to go to this murder mystery. Like, I feel more intrigued by it now. It honestly does sound like a blast. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'll talk about that later, like the reviews and everything. But it really does sound fun. Mm -hmm. But so anyways, the guy that she's supposedly trying to conjure is a guy named Elmer McCurdy. Okay. And Elmer McCurdy, this guy is real. So the black magic and stuff, I don't know if that's true or not. But I can tell you that this story that I'm getting ready to tell you about Elmer McCurdy is real and it's fascinating, which is why I'm going to include it in our podcast episode. Because people claim that Elmer is now haunting the Stone Lion Inn because people have tried to conjure his spirit from that location. And so now he's supposedly haunting it. So Elmer McCurdy was a, I guess, semi-well-known train and bank robber so it kind of reminds me of like butch cassidy and the sundance kid right Mm -hmm. and he was known for you know robbing all these trains and stuff so back in 1911 he planned to rob 
the Katy train because it was rumored that it had approximately $400,000 in cash on this train, which back in those days, that's, I mean, that's a lot of money today for a bank robber. Oh, sure. A lot of, a lot of money then. So they had planned to do this, him and a couple other dudes, but they accidentally stopped a different train, just like a passenger train instead of the Katy train. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, he did not get $400,000 in cash. Instead, he only got about $46, two bottles of whiskey, and then a couple other random things, like I think like the conductor's watch or something, you know, like okay. so nothing what he wanted. It was a bust. It was a bust. So he was super disappointed. He went back to his ranch or whatever and decided he was going to get wasted because he was depressed that he didn't get all this money. And of course, he got whiskey. So there you go. He's got that going for him, right? Mm -hmm. So he drank like a ton of this whiskey and then passed out. Well, he was passed out and he didn't realize that they were kind of on to who it was that robbed this train. So even though he didn't get that much, he still like held it up and you know, armed robbery or whatever. And they put a $2,000 reward on his head. So this guy's passed out from drinking all this whiskey at this ranch and these law enforcement officers show up getting, they want their reward, right? Mm -hmm. In order to get him. So he's like passed out in there and they just kind of like stake it out. And apparently a shootout ensues when this guy realizes that they're out there so they're like shooting back and forth him and law enforcement he loses this battle and gets shot in the chest and dies so basically at this point they sent him away to a funeral home and by the way not the funeral home at the stone lion Inn, a different one in oklahoma Mm -hmm. and they like he doesn't have anybody to claim the body so the guy at the funeral home he decides he's going to preserve this body a little bit differently. He's going to preserve it for a longer time to maybe allow like a family member to per- to come in and claim the body so he can get paid basically. Like this guy is doing this service embalming the body, but he wants to get paid by somebody. Mhm. So he puts all this extra like stuff on this body in order to preserve it and it essentially kind of like turns him into a mummy. And it's I just knew like exactly where this was headed when you brought up the mummy in the beginning of the show when you started explaining. <laughs> oh gosh. This is just so weird. I gotta say. So, anyways, so he basically turns this body into a mummy. It's hanging out. Nobody's claiming it. So then he decides, you know what? Why don't I try to make some money off this guy, this Elmer fellow? So he dresses the corpse up in clothes gives it a rifle and sits it in a corner of his funeral home and people would come in and basically pay a nickel to see this Elmer McCurdy guy and he of course like built it up and he actually called him the bandit that never gave up pay a nickel to pay this bandit that never gave up right so this guy's preserved sitting in there and it brings the attention of all these like carnivals and stuff and like sideshows they want to purchase this body essentially from this funeral home director and he always was like nope i'm not gonna sell you know this body unless you're a member of the family i'm not gonna give it up right so owners of a carnival go into this place And they basically lie and they say, we're Elmer's brothers. 
and we're here to collect. It's so weird, I gotta say. That is bizarre, and I mean, obviously today, all of this would be illegal, right? I mean, you can't right. do this, but what just makes, what makes me laugh, as morbid as this all is, as horrible as it is, <laughs> it's that the people want this body? Like, what? It's like a sideshow thing. It's I, yeah, you can't today like you can't be like transporting human remains and stuff like that. Like I, I'm confident this would be against the law. Yeah. I think you're right. Interesting group of folks at the carnival. And so they make this claim and so he does end up giving these carnival guys this body. And so this body that's mummified essentially kind of like does the rounds at all these different carnivals and sideshows and stuff like that. So it kind of made its way around the country a bit. And at some point it landed in Los Angeles in kind of like a prop house. And it was even in like an old like scary movie as a prop. And honestly, I kind of got the impression in reading this story that people really kind of forgot that this was a real body. Like they started mm -hmm. to think it was just a prop mannequin that has been hanging around. So like people no longer realize this is real. Right. So in 1976, they're making the program The Six Million Dollar Man. And this prop, I say that in quotation marks, Elmer's mm -hmm. body really, is hanging out somewhere on the location where they're shooting this. And one of the production crew members had kind of moved it, I guess, like out of the way or something. And in the process of doing this, and he thought it was just moving like a wax mannequin figure, mm -hmm. the arm of Elmer actually just came right off. And they could see that there was bone and tissue and stuff like that. And they were like, holy crap, this is not a mannequin. This is Ugh. a person, right? So they do the right thing. Finally, <laughs> somebody steps in. And they call the police to be like, there's a body in this prop house or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the police show up. They do an autopsy. They're trying to figure out, like, where did this body come from? Who does this belong to? And in the course of the autopsy, they actually are, like, kind of, like, taking apart, like, they're, like, looking at his dentals and teeth mm -hmm. and stuff. And when they open his mouth, they notice there's, like, ticket stubs and stuff like that in there because people at the carnival would almost use it as like a ticket sub holder Ugh. and so they were able to trace it back to one of the carnivals who was then able to trace it back to a funeral home and then they were able to determine that it was elmer mccurdy whose body this was and they bury him just steps away from the stone lion inn in the nearby summit view cemetery so his body is buried there apparently they even put several feet of concrete over top of the grave because they didn't want people to try to like steal the body because there was like this really unusual story around it mm -hmm. and you know since then they say that he supposedly is haunting the Stone Lion Inn, maybe because it's the body's close by, or maybe because there's some other magic or something going on there to try to conjure him up. Um, well, you know, they say just like Ouija boards, right? If you use a Ouija board to try to summon a spirit in like an unhaunted place, you might bring spirits into it. So I think it's totally possible. 
It is. And as part of these murder mystery dinner parties, they visit his grave on a regular basis. And who knows, like, I think you got to go and experience that storyline to figure out exactly what they do. But like, maybe they say like some fake incantations or you know what I mean? Like over the grave to get people riled up and and maybe that's where the rumor started. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing here. Hard to say. All right, so the Stone Lion Inn is considered very haunted, I think, whether Elmer is there or not, right? So some things you need to keep in mind, when they purchased the home in the 80s, they started doing renovations, and that's when they really started noticing some weird activity taking place. And as you know, Lindsay, when renovations happen, that's when a lot of times this stuff gets stirred up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I could tell you at our parents' house, remember, we used their basement as like a storage facility pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then we decided we were going to clean it out and, you know, put a new carpet and stuff like that. And that's when we started experiencing something weird. And I always wondered, is it because we were, you know, cleaning out the basement and it's riled something up out of that space because we kind of messed with it? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier about like Ouija boards and being able to summon things like this might be a little too much information. It might freak some people out, but, you know, us and um, our friend Megan, we used to do like Ouija boards and stuff in my parents' house. And I don't know if anyone who's ever died there or any sort of morbid history. So it makes me wonder if number one, maybe it's our imagination and we're just hearing old pipes and stuff like that, or maybe something's there as a result of some of the things that we've summoned there, maybe kind of like this woman who owns yeah. this bed and breakfast. Oh, that's true because we did use the Ouija board way too much when we were kids because we didn't really take it seriously, you know? Right. And, and I wonder if that's part of what could have summoned it, which could be, you're right. It could be part of what's going on with Elmer. It could be. It, I will say it doesn't seem like any sort of like evil spirit or demon or anything like that. That's for sure. But it certainly seems like maybe something. Yeah. So anyway, so renovations occurred and, you know, one area of the house you want to be really, you know, on the lookout for ghosts in is the third floor. For whatever reason, the third floor is known to be like the hotbed of activity. So all kinds of stuff happening there main things to look for there's a back staircase where they very often will hear footsteps so if you're there and you're just kind of like looking around go to that back staircase because that's one of the more common reports that i saw was the footsteps that you can hear there in fact during the renovations the footsteps and then they even had like doors opening and closing It got so bad that the new owner actually called the police several times because she was a skeptic. She didn't really believe in paranormal things. She didn't think it was going to be haunted. She didn't know anything about that. And then she finally realized there's not like an actual intruder here after calling the police several times. It's a ghost. It's haunted. Mm. Something else is happening. So it even got to that point, which I can totally understand because if I was in a place by myself and I heard clear as day footsteps, I'd be tempted to call the police too. I get it. Absolutely. Some other things to know. So she also had 
um, a son living in the house with her at the time and apparently he would put his toys away every night before bed and they would wake up in the morning and the toys would be like scattered all across the floor in his bedroom. It sounds like children haunts. Yep. So the children really like to play with toys in the house. So you will see like dolls and stuff like that all over the place. Apparently you can also hear the sounds of children jumping on beds, which is kind of interesting. I feel like that would be quite loud Yeah, um, to hear that. Guests also report that they have felt a childlike figure tucking them into bed at night. Ooh. That is really like creepy. What do you mean tucking them in? Like, you know what it would feel like if your mom like tucked you in at bed at night and kind of like tucked the sheets in sheets a little tighter. Around you? That's how I understood it. Yeah, that sounds super creepy. Definitely. All right. So the other thing to look for is apparently the smell of cigar smoke. Sometimes you might even see like a ringlet in the air of cigar smoke, even though nobody is there actually smoking. One of the interesting stories that I saw from the owner as well in an interview online was apparently while she would go, the laundry room is in the basement and she would go down there and she actually got locked in the laundry room several times. Like the ghost would close the door behind her and lock it and it was locked on the other side so she couldn't get out. So she would have to wait for somebody to show up and then start yelling like, hey, I'm down here, come let me out. Like that's, okay, that's like, you know, your childhood fear kind of thing. That, you know, going down to a creepy basement and the door shuts behind you and you can't, yeah, that sounds terrible. It does sound awful. And in fact, she has now, anytime she goes down to do laundry, she actually props things up in front of the doors to make sure that they don't close behind her and that kind of thing, which is totally what I would do. All right. So that's the main haunted stuff to look for. Let's talk about the pricing, the murder mystery. It can go anywhere from $77 a night for a room, which is very reasonable, all the way to $245 a night. And that tends to be more like kind of like the honeymoon suite room is a little bit more pricey. Now, the murder mystery parties, those are every Friday and Saturday night. So they happen on a regular basis. And I get kind of get the impression that's like their big seller, right? So the $77 to $245 a night, that's really just for a room. That's not including murder mystery. But basically, according to the website, you would add $54 to include the mystery dinner package, okay? Let me read something from their site about the murder mystery package that I thought was kind of interesting. So, and this is from stonelionin.com in the murder mystery section. Murders are done in previous eras, usually in the 1920s, 30s, or 40s. About a week before you arrive, you will receive a packet of information in the mail explaining details about your murder mystery. You will be assigned a character to play and a short biography about this character. This packet will give you suggestions for dress, what time to arrive, and a list of movies to watch to get in the mood for the murder, and actual news stories about the events of the era in which the murders occurred. 
So it's not like one of those that you go to and there's just actors and you're just kind of observing. No, everybody's part of it, which I think is kind of cool. And it seems like you need to definitely book it well ahead of time so that they can make sure to prepare and know which character you are and send you all that information. That sounds right up our alley. I feel like we'd love this. I love murder mystery dinners. I do too. I'm going to one next month at a haunted hotel, by the way. Future episode to come. Murder mystery dinner at the same hotel. So maybe that's a thing. Yeah, I I love it. I definitely want to do it. I'm going to have to figure out how far away it is from Omaha. I'm not really sure. I haven't done the calculation on that. So it's the murder mystery parties are between 20 to 40 people. And it includes your room as well as, you know, like a cocktail hour and apparently a seven course meal. Wow. Yes. So if you go to this murder mystery thing, be prepared because you're going to get food. You're going to get cocktails. I don't know if it's open bar. I would suspect it's probably not. It doesn't say like open bar bar cocktails here or anything, but go to their website to check out the details. It even kind of gives you like a sample plan for the night and like an agenda of what you should typically expect. Mm -hmm. Um, But in going to TripAdvisor, they have four and a half stars and they are considered number two of 16 bed and breakfast in Guthrie, Oklahoma, and people rave about these murder mystery dinner parties. They absolutely love them. Almost every, like I did not see a negative comment about the murder mystery. That says a lot. It does. They say that it is, granted I didn't read all the comments, but I read a lot of them. And they say that the storyline is really well put together, that it's a blast. They even said the food is fantastic. Mm. They even raved about the food because I was kind of like, how good is this food going to be? I don't know. You know? Yeah. They said the food was great. I'm telling you guys, this sounds like so much fun. I would love to go do something like this. Yeah. And again, it's not going to be like your Holiday Inn Express, like really neutral rooms, right? This is an old Victorian mansion that they've turned into a bed and breakfast. So the rooms, from everything I read online too, they still have a lot of charm and character. So you have to go in kind of expecting that. You shouldn't expect kind of a blank slate the way you see in a lot of hotel rooms. But I didn't see anybody comment on like it was dirty or uncomfortable. Everybody's comments were the charm was great. It was very comfortable. The food was fantastic. And they loved the murder mystery thing. Oh, that sounds great. And it sounds really reasonably priced. I mean, $75 a night to stay in a haunted hotel, a Victorian mansion from back in the early 1900s. That sounds like a great deal. Yeah. And I mean, granted, it's a little bit more expensive, you know, when you're yeah, adding on in the room the, and yep. Right. And you're adding in the murder mystery thing that costs a little bit more. But I thought it was really reasonably priced too, especially if you're thinking about you're going to get a seven course meal. I mean, gosh, that's that alone would be pretty pricey at some places. Right. So yeah, I am down to do this. This is one of those, if you guys have gone, we would love to hear what you thought of the food as well as if you live in Oklahoma and you've heard these rumors that are supposed to be out there about black magic and rituals. I would love to hear that too, because I really did not find that much information about it and I am quite skeptical that that is a reality. 
I think this place sounds like a blast though. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody again for listening to our show. Make sure that if you've got a story to share, um, send us an email at yourhauntedholiday at gmail.com or also visit our website, yourhauntedholiday.com. And um, you can do a contact us and you can see all of the links that we post on our page about the different locations we do our episodes on. Um, Make sure you subscribe to our channel and rate us five stars. Thank you, everybody, and have a great week.